listening to Impact Sports Daily, WDBM's daily rundown of all things sports. Welcome back to another episode of Impact Sports Daily. Today is November 18th. I am your host, Matt Merrifield, joined today with Jacob Phillips. Jacob, how's your day going so far? Doing pretty well. How about you? I'm doing good. Got a lot of sports news to talk about, and I'm excited. Let's get into it. Starting off, Michigan State. It was reported yesterday that they have come to an agreement with Mel Tucker on a massive contract extension. It is expected to be a 10-year, $95 million extension for Coach Tucker. What do you what do you think about this deal? Yeah, you know, right now I know it's not official, but I feel like it's all but official. I know the D- Detroit Press released yesterday that they were still working on it. It's supposed to be privately funded by Matt Ishbia and another Michigan State alumni. I think this really poses some interesting potential for Michigan State. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, they showed yesterday that they have the money to go out and get go out and get a big name coach. They've already put a bunch of money into the foot, new football facility that's coming. That Ishbia also donated that as well, or donated a lot of money to that facility. It just shows that many of the rumors about Michigan State is they wouldn't have the money to keep Mel Tucker compared to schools like LSU. And they came out yesterday and just put their money where their mouth was and said, we want Michigan State said they want Coach Tucker and they want him around for the next 10 years. Yeah, and I know this extension, if it actually does come out to be $95 million for 10 years, would make Mel Tucker the second highest paid head coach in college football right behind Nick Saban. Yeah, that's a obviously a big mark to, uh, to give him. Uh, it definitely... They're paying him for what they expect him to become, right? The I he's had a great season thus far, nine win seasons, especially what the expectations were for Michigan State this season. It's been an awesome season to watch them, but they're nine and a half million dollars. That's to go out and win not just Big Ten championships, but to contend for national championships on a regular basis. So does this kind of change the bar for you for where Coach Tucker needs to have this program at? Yeah, I think this definitely puts immediately higher stakes on this weekend's upcoming game between Michigan State and Ohio State. I think now the pressure is on to put forth a much better performance than we were initially expecting for Michigan State. And I think that long-term, I agree that this puts pressure on Coach Tucker to not only start bringing in better recruits over time, but also, like you said, to start contending for national championships consistently I think that is the biggest thing is this money isn't just you know Michigan State doesn't want him to go out and win one title Michigan State's expecting him to go out and consistently be a competitor in the top four schools in the country yeah the expectations for him to be kind of build like what we uh, what Michigan State has as a basketball program right coach Tom Izzo has every recruit that has come to Michigan State that has played all four years has gone to at least one final four I don't think it's unfair to expect at least one one trip to Indianapolis for every recruiting class, right? Have a, have a, on an annual basis be competing for Big Ten championships and playing in Indianapolis and going to Rose Bowls and playoffs. I think that the bar has been raised. And for this weekend, I don't know how much it changes. Obviously, these are the games that now he's being paid to win. So you definitely want to see them come out. But this team, it's still, it doesn't change how great of a season Michigan State's had thus far, and it only makes you excited to watch and see what is to come of this program. Absolutely, and I think it not only changes holding Mel Tucker to higher expectations, but I also think it shows on Michigan State's part uh, just an incredible amount of 
faith and trust in what Mel Tucker is going to do over the next few years. I think they have put money where their mouth is and really showed that not only do they want Mel Tucker to stay around, but they think he is worth you know, the second highest salary for any college football head coach. Yeah, they're definitely paying the money forward. And I think if Michigan State didn't give them give him the money, somebody else would have, right? LSU, I have no doubt, would have given him. They were already paying Orgeron $9 million. So to doubt to think that they wouldn't give Mel Tucker 9.5. But I definitely think that Michigan State wanted to make sure that he stayed here and is going to give that program an opportunity to grow and become more than just a solid program. Because Michigan State's a very respect, respected football program, but now become one of the big boys, one of the big uh, dogs in the country, and be competing for national titles and Big Ten titles on a yearly basis. Yeah, it is, it's certainly Michigan State trying to capitalize on this year's momentum and trying to solidify their stance as a serious contender against SEC programs. So it will be interesting to see over the next few years the results of this extension, if it goes through. Yep. Mel Tucker, like you said, the recruiting, that's another aspect. They expect this program to not only continue to win, but to bring in top-end talent and continue to build on what we've already seen thus far. I believe as of right now, Michigan State has the number 16 recruiting class in the country. It's top 20. I know that. They're right there with Michigan, which is quite surprising. Uh, Tucker's done a great job of getting a lot of uh, top talent in the state. Right, I think he's signed six or seven of the top 10 recruits in the state of Michigan so, so far this year. He's going after a lot of top five-star recruits. He's trying to flip to come to Michigan State. So there's definitely a lot of excitement, a lot of a lot of young high schoolers, high school recruits want to be a part of this. Pro, want to be a part of this Michigan State program, and it's definitely exciting to see what's to come for Michigan State. Absolutely agree, one hundred percent. In other Michigan State news, Michigan State basketball traveled down to Indianapolis to the historic Hinkle Fieldhouse to take on Butler last night in the Gavit tip-off games. They defeated Butler seventy-three to fifty-two. Gabe Brown led the way. Gabe Brown led the way in scoring with nineteen. Max Christie just behind him with eighteen. Jacob, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought, you know, it was an impressive offensive performance for Michigan State. I know they struggled a little bit with shooting, especially in the first half. Butler, of course, struggling with shooting throughout the game. Uh, But I think overall, it was a really solid victory for Michigan State that, you know, taking some of that Mel Tucker mindset, they can just, you know, move on forward to the next one. I think this is one of those wins that just, really helps to keep the program moving this year. Yeah, I definitely think there were a lot of questions for Michigan State of how good they were going to be this year, especially after the uh, the, the the rough season they had last year, right? Didn't come up the expectations that many had put on them, just scraping their way into the tournament. But And especially after that loss to Kansas, many weren't sure if they were a top 25 team. But I think this win on the road early in the season against a, a solid program like Butler to go out and to win by 20, I think that's a real, real statement win for them to say, "Hey, they're gonna, we're going to be a good team all year, and we're going to compete." So I definitely think that this is a great win for them, and it's definitely impressive to see them a impressive start to the season for Michigan State. Yeah, and that's not to say that Michigan State was without error last night as well. I know going into the half, I believe it was only a nine-point lead. Uh, they struggled with turnovers. I think the final number was is either nineteen or twenty turnovers in that game, uh, but. Like you said, for Michigan State to go out and beat a Big East basketball school on the road, you know, it, it really is a, a good victory for them to take away. Definitely. Uh, the uh, I would agree that the turnovers were an issue last night. I also thought it was interesting they had just 12 assists on 
23 shots. Actually, that was a better mark. They got more assists as the game went on. But for early on the game, they only had about six, seven assists early on. And they got a lot of assists late, but just seemed like they weren't moving the ball as well. Obviously, the turnover. So I thought that was an issue. But, I mean, Max Christie really came out the true the freshman five-star recruit. He's had uh, a bit of struggles to start the year, but he really came out last night and showed why he was a five-star and why, why he was so highly touted. Gabe Brown led the way. He's going to have to be a real main staple for this offense if they want to be as good as they think they can be. Marcus Bingham had an absolute outstanding performance on defense last night. had six blocks to go along with his 10 points. He was really good from on the defensive end. And even on the shots he doesn't block, he just his presence down low, his length, makes a big difference for other teams trying to get points in the paint. So definitely an impressive performance for Michigan State. Yeah, and watching the immediate post-game interview with Coach Izzo, that was one of the things that he seemed to be really proud of was Michigan State's defensive performance in that game, holding Butler to that you know 20-point gap. Yeah, definitely. And another thing, too, that we've seen early on for Michigan State is their rebounding numbers have been great. They led... They out-rebound uh, Butler by 16 last night, 41-25. to 25. They, out, they out-rebounded Kansas in the Champions Classic, although they lost that game. So they definitely are getting back to that Tom Izzo style of leading, great rebounding, great defense, right? They held Butler to just 30% from the field last night, 28%, which is just really good to hold them to that low of a mark. And then they're trying to get out in the fast break. You can definitely see that Tyson Walker, he's still getting adjusted to the offense, but when he's running the floor with Gabe Brown and Max Christie, it's definitely tough to keep up. So I think Michigan State's starting to get adjusted and get back to that old style Tom Izzo, Tom Izzo team that he likes to run. Yeah, I think this team is still kind of coming into its own. You can see Coach Izzo and the rest of Michigan State's basketball team working through some of these issues. But like you said, they're seemingly come back to that style that we saw a few years ago where they really just seem to control the ball. Yeah, I'm really excited, too, for Michigan State. Obviously, you said they're still growing into themselves. They have quite a tough non-conference this year. They obviously beat Can- or lost to Kansas in the Champions Classic. Tough game to have to go on the road to play Butler. They still have to pl- they play Eastern on Saturday, but then next week they travel down to the Bahamas to play in the Battle for Atlantis. They play Loyola next Wednesday. Obviously, one of the best mid-major teams. Everybody falls in love with them during March Madness. You're going to have to play either UConn or Auburn in the second game. And if they go to the championship, there's a chance they play Baylor, the reigning national champs, right? So that's a lot of good opportunities to play some very good basketball teams and to truly prepare yourself for later in the year where you have to play teams like Baylor and Auburn all throughout the tournament. So it's definitely their preseason is definitely going to prepare them for later in the season. I'm really excited to see how they perform against some of these top teams. Oh, absolutely. I think this Michigan State basketball team will – go through this regular season and absolutely just be tested to the limit in some of their out-of-conference games. Yeah, definitely. Even, like, some of their uh, non-conference, like, uh, all right, so after the Bahamas, they play Louisville at home in the ACC Challenge. That's always going to be a good game. They play a team, Oakland, has been very surprising. They played them at Little Caesars Arena in December. So there's a lot to be excited about. Michigan State's record might not be what you expect coming out of non-conference play, but this team is going to be a lot better for it, and I think that it's definitely going to be exciting to see how they go through the Big Ten schedule having already played such a tough non-conference. But that's going to do it for Michigan State news. Now moving on to the NFL. Thursday night football is on tonight. The Patriots travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. A Super Bowl rematch. 28-3, 28-3, to everybody remembers the historic comeback from Tom Brady. What do you expect to see from tonight's game, Jacob? 
Yeah, coming from last weekend, I think the Patriots win this one clearly. Even though the spread is is set at six and a half, so about a touchdown is the expectation. I think that Mac Jones has really started to settle into Bill Belichick's system of offense, and I think it shows. So I think that they have a clear victory over the Falcons. I don't see Matt Ryan leading the Falcons to an upset in this one. Yeah, definitely. I think that the Fal- uh, the Patriots are definitely going to – I believe that they will control most of the game. Obviously, the Falcons got absolutely destroyed uh, on the road at Dallas last weekend, losing 43-3. Yeah, to And the Patriots just came off a dominating win over the Browns. I definitely think it's going to be a lot closer than people expect. It's Thursday night football coming off a short week. There's always surprises last week, right? The Dolphins came out and beat the Ravens. So it's definitely a lot closer than people expect. But I think that just the Patriots system is just going to beat down on the Falcons. I think Mac Jones is going to have plenty of time to throw. I think they should run the ball well. Damien Harris is going to be back. Ramondre Stevenson's been great uh, coming off for great running back depth for the Patriots. So I definitely have no doubt that the Patriots can pull this one out. But I do think it'll be closer than people expect. Yeah, I think that, you know, you just have started to see the Patriots return to what they looked like years ago before Tom Brady left, before they got Cam Newton. Um, And I think it's really a testament to Bill Belichick's ability to create a system. I think Cam Newton just did not fit what he was going for. I think that's no surprise. But I think Mac Jones shows a lot of that similar potential that Tom Brady did that fits that system that Belichick creates. Yeah, I definitely think that, like I said, Tuesday, Cam Newton is the polar opposite of Tom Brady and Mac Jones. Not an accurate passer, likes to run around and uh, be mobile. Mac Jones sits in the pocket just like Tom Brady and just drops dimes wherever he can. So I definitely think that, um, sorry, I definitely think that Mac Jones can is much better fit for that offense. I think that it's definitely more exciting when the Patriots are good. I know a lot of people aren't a fan of them because of how much they win, but I'm excited to see them now with Mac Jones be backed and look like an old-style Patriots team and see what they can do without Tom Brady at the helm. So I'm definitely excited to see if they can continue their hot streak and even make a playoff spot, which I don't think many people expected coming into this year. Yeah, I completely agree that no no one really expected the Patriots to be much of a contender this year. But with Mac Jones at the helm under center, I think that they really are starting to show a lot of that promise. And it it really is interesting for the rest of the AFC now that the Patriots are coming in and being such a serious contender. Right now, the Patriots are a half a game back. The Bills Bills are 6-3. and The Patriots are 6-4. and They just haven't had their bye yet. They still have to play the Bills twice to finish out the year. Do the the Patriots beat the Bills in in the AFC East and take the division? That's a tough one. I know that the Bills have struggled a little bit this year, more than I expected coming into it. But I also know that the Bills' defense has still been one of the best in the AFC. Their offense, when it works, is impressive to watch. So I think that would really be a close one. I think what you might see is a 1-1 split at that point. I definitely think they'll split. I would. It's tough to say, right? The Bills have a very tough schedule to finish out the year. They play the Colts this week. They have the Saints on the road. They play the Patriots twice. Obviously, they travel to Tampa. They whereas the the Patriots, sorry, finished the year with Jacksonville and Miami after playing Buffalo. So if it comes down to it, I think that New England's final stretch, their last two games, are definitely more favorable for them. But they also have to play the Titans next week. They have the Bills twice. They have to travel to Indy. So it's definitely going to be a tough stretch for both teams. I would still have to go with the Bills by like a game. I'd probably think it's a one-game difference, but 
I definitely think it's going to be close. Definitely something to watch. It's going to be an exciting finish. And then it, uh, I'm just excited to watch and see how it comes down. Yeah, I certainly think that you'll see one of them take the division and then the other will get a wild card spot. Oh, most definitely. For sure. Yeah, both teams are very good. Obviously, the AFC is stacked, but I see no reason why both these teams, with the defense that they play and when their offense gets rolling, there's no reason why either of these teams can't make the playoffs. Yeah, I'd so. be surprised if you saw one of them left out. I would really be surprised. Yeah, most definitely. Moving on, rumors that Baker Mayfield has I mean, he's had such a rough season. He's gotten banged up. He said yesterday that he this is the most beat up he's ever been. He missed practice yesterday. He has right now he's listed with a knee, a foot, and an elbow injury, an arm injury. I believe he tore his labrum. So just beat up as much as you possibly could be. He's still expected. Kevin Stefanski still expects him to play. Do you think he'll do you think he'll play Sunday? I think he will, uh, not because he not because his injuries are insignificant, but I think Baker Mayfield has a mindset that he really does not like to be sidelined with injuries. You know, we saw earlier this season where he hurt his shoulder and was out for a week, and you know after that he's a, he said he was coming back. He didn't want to be out for longer than that, and I think just his mindset is he does not want to sit on the sidelines. He'll play through injuries. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, seeing Case Keenum as the backup, I would say could be a good thing. But it's also going to be one of the things that costs him a solid five, maybe even ten years off his career if he keeps playing through injuries like this. I definitely think there's a chance he doesn't play this weekend. They play the Brown or they play the Lions. The Browns play the Lions this weekend in Cleveland, so it's definitely a favorable matchup. Jerry Goff is not expected to play. There's a lot of questions about whether or not he'll be healthy enough to go Sunday. Obviously, he did not look good against the Steelers last weekend, was clearly hurt. So it's definitely be something to watch. Do you think it matters who starts on Sunday for the Browns to beat the Lions? I think it might come down to it. I think with the other injuries the Browns have been dealing with, you know, their, their running game has still been able to do well with Dearness Johnson filling in. But I think, you know, Baker Mayfield, just as a kind of leadership presence in Cleveland, is almost necessary for them to really win. Now, with that being said, I think the Lions might struggle, but if you see someone like Tim Boyle or Blau start, uh, it might be a completely different outcome than we saw against the Steelers. They might actually be able to pull it off if Baker doesn't start. Yeah, definitely. It's quite. I mean, it's gonna be fun to watch the, the Browns' offense if they don't have Baker on Sunday. I've seen no more Odell, so their receiver room is very talented. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been great. They have Jarvis Landry's always good. They have a lot of good weapons, but they kind of go under the radar. Chubb is not expected to come back from the COVID list by Sunday. Uh, Kareem Hunt is still on the IR. He probably won't come back till next week, and now no Baker. So you're going to have to Ernest Johnson, Case Keenum. Definitely think it's a, uh, a who's who of offensive weapons for the Browns. I don't think it'll matter. I think their system works well for them. I think Ernest Johnson will do just fine running over that uh, Lions defense, and then that pass rush is going to give whoever's under center for the Lions trouble. So I definitely think that that the Browns will most likely win regardless, but I think that it's just something to watch. And the bigger question now for Baker and the Browns, will they make the playoffs? You know, if you would have asked me this question a couple weeks ago, I would have said yes. I think the Browns looked really we- really good a couple weeks ago. But recently... They've kind of seemed to struggle, and you've seen teams like the Patriots sort of come out of the woodwork and establish a presence. Of course, you have the Bills that we just talked about. You also have teams like Cincinnati that are still in question. 
I think the Ravens still make the playoffs even after that loss to Miami. I think they still have a, a really good system. I think Miami just Miami's defense really came into that game wanting to win. So I I honestly see the Browns maybe making a wild card spot. Especially with Baker getting hurt so much this year, I don't see them actually clinching their division. They are just a game back of the Ravens. That's how tight the NFC, AFC North. Sorry, the AFC North is super tight. The, I mean, the Browns are in last place, and they're five and five, right? And then first place is the Ravens at six and three. So it's right there. Um, I think that the, all the division leaders right now—the Titans, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Chiefs—I think those are all safe bets to make the playoffs. Even if they don't win their division, they'll still be a top wild card in the instance of the Bills or even the Ravens. I think right now the Steelers, the Patriots, and the Chargers are the wild card teams. I think the Steelers will fall out, especially if their injuries keep piling up. I just don't see how they can continue to win. Obviously, their offense is finding a way, just having Big Ben throw quick passes. He's been the least pressured quarterback in the league thus far. Um, but I think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. I like the Chargers to make the playoffs. I'm not sure what the Browns are quite the spot. I think the Colts are a good. They've, they've been really good the last couple of weeks, and I think Carson Wentz starting to figure it out. So I'd have to go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with no. The Browns are not going to make the playoffs. I just think that there's too much talent in the AFC, and if your quarterback isn't healthy enough, it's tough to play when Joe Burrow's healthy, Derek Carr's healthy, um, when uh, Justin Herbert's healthy. Those are just really good quarterbacks, and when Baker Mayfield's not healthy, you just can't compete with them, especially with the rosters that those other teams have. Yeah, it it really seems like the Browns peaked in the beginning of the season when every other team is now starting to figure out their offenses. And I think that it really shows, and you know, I would have to agree that depending on how the rest of the AFC continues to shape up, I think the Browns really have a chance to miss the playoffs this year. Yeah, when you look at the Browns' schedule, they play the Lions at home this week, and they play one of the NFL, well, they play, let's see, they play the Ravens on the road next week. They get their bye, then they play the Ravens again, the Raiders, who are, we talked about in a playoff contention, the Packers, who are arguably the best team in the NFC, at Pittsburgh, who's already who controls the wild card spot, and then the Bengals. So it's going to be a really tight race. You play playoff teams up and down your schedule to finish out the season. So I definitely think that it's going to be a really uphill, uh, quite the uphill battle for the Browns to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's possible for them to make a wild card spot, but they really need to find a way for their offense to just beat a lot of these AFC defenses that are starting to, re- you know realize how to, how to stop offense like the Browns. I think it's really clear that the Browns need to switch something up and make a last-second push. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's interesting how in the AFC you have all these teams fighting for a spot, whereas in the NFC, I mean, the Falcons, they played night with a win. They're tied for the wild-card spot. right? Then they've had, I mean, quite a lackluster season. There's a lot of teams like the Niners we've talked about have just haven't had quite the ex- lived up to their expectations, but they're still right there. I think the Vikings are a good shot to make the playoffs in the NFC, but we can get into that another time. That's going to do it for us today here at Impact Sports Daily. I am your host, Matt Merrifield, joined today with Jacob Phillips. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Impact Sports Daily.